This is the message from Connection Community Church for Sunday, June 23rd, 2019. Taglines win from within. Good morning, Connection Church. Welcome to week three of our series we're calling Taglines, where we look at uh, some corporate taglines and give them a Christ-centered uh, spin. Today, our, fo- our focus is on Gatorade, uh, win from within. So we want to say good morning to you again. So thankful that you're here. We want to welcome those of you who are joining us on Facebook Live. Thanks for joining us. And for those of you who weren't here last week, I told everybody I had some surgery just shy of two, three weeks ago, uh, knee replacements. That's why I'm hobbling around a little bit. I appreciate all the prayers and continued prayers would be fantastic. Thank you. Thank you yes, so much. Would. We yeah. are two sinners who have been saved by the grace of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Would you pray with us, please? God, we thank you for today. We thank you for the opportunities to be together and to delve into your scripture, to have you speak to us, speak to our hearts. Help us set aside any distractions, Lord. And be focused on you. We pray this in your holy name. Amen. Amen. So back about five years ago, Gatorade did a series of uh, stories about overcoming personal, environmental, and economic struggles. These stories weren't so much about winning as they were about having to dig deep just to compete. They were stories about character. That's our focus today as we talk about and do a little shift on it, greater aid win from within. You get it? Greater aid. Well, you will. Okay. Yeah. Here (laughs) we go. All right. So we're talking about character and we are specifically talking about Christian character. What does character mean? What does the Bible have to say about character? Gotquestions.org tells us that character is defined by strength of moral fiber. And A.W. Tozer who's a pastor and author, actually gotquestions.org, quotes him as he describes character as the excellence of moral beings. The excellence of moral beings. And so if we measure excellence of gold, for example, if we measure excellence of gold by its purity, if we measure the excellence of art by its beauty, then according to this definition, we measure the excellence of a person by character, by character. People of character are honest, they're ethical, and they are charitable. Character is not just about who we are when we're in the spotlight. Character is all about who we are when no one is looking. And you know, character doesn't just happen. God develops it in us over time in response to the challenges of life. It's the Holy Spirit alive in us, responding in us and through us as we deal with the day-to-day opportunities of the world around us. The Holy Spirit is our greater aid. There you go. And with the help of the Holy Spirit, we're able to win from within. For our part, we can help develop character in ourselves in some very practical ways. First, we develop character by controlling our thoughts. Here's what we read in Philippians chapter 4, verse 8 and 9. Finally, brothers and sisters, 
Whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, what's the rest? Think about such things. Wow, that's an incredible scripture. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put into practice. And the God of peace will be with you. Mm. So we want you to know that in your program, in the inside, there's something called message notes. There's some points that we're going to share today that you might want to write down. Um, or on the front of your program, there's a QR code. You can scan that with your phone, and all of the message notes, all of the slides will be right there for you. Because it's not just about our hour that we have here, but it's about reflecting on Scripture and how we live it out through the week. So we're providing you those tools. And that Carrie. code's in there every that. week Carrie. for every week's yeah. notes. What, Barry? Just so you know, that's not there anymore. It's oh, on the back cover. There's a website to go to. Oh. The QR code's gone. We keep changing things on you, so that's you not there now. Okay. Yeah. It's okay. on the back. Thank you. So listen to what Barry just said. Yeah, listen to Barry. Okay. So the scripture Carrie just shared is part of the letter that Paul wrote to the church at Philippi, the letter that we talked a lot about last week. We were talking about chapter 3 last week. People of character keep their thoughts focused on things of excellence. Say excellence. 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 Things that are praiseworthy. Say praiseworthy. Praiseworthy. And their actions then follow suit. They put into practice what they have been thinking about, what they've been focusing on. And so we develop character by controlling our thoughts, actually allowing the Holy Spirit in our heads. And then we develop character by practicing Christian virtues. Christian virtues. The apostle uh, Peter... Peter uh, wrote in the Bible, second half of Scripture, in 2 Peter chapter 1, verses 5 to 7. Here's what Peter says. For this very reason, make every effort to add to your faith goodness, and to goodness, knowledge, and to knowledge, self-control. That's a hard one. <laughs> and to self-control, perseverance, and to perseverance, godliness, and to godliness, mutual affection, and to mutual affection, what? Love. Love. So we have this like progression of Christian virtues that build one on another as we get ever closer to being able to express to others that unconditional agape love that God has for us. As we endeavor to live out these virtues with the help of the Holy Spirit, of course, character develops in us. Greater aid, live for, uh, win from within. So we develop character by controlling our thoughts, by practicing Christian virtues, and our character becomes obvious when we set a good example for others to follow. Now we know, you know, when we've been good examples and bad examples, if we've been a parent, we've just been able to see <laughs> some of that. But setting a good example as a Christian Here's what Paul wrote in his letter to Titus. Now, Titus is just two pages. It's really hard to find in the New Testament. Titus was an apprentice of Paul, and he offers insights into leading with character, not just having character, but leading with character. In everything, Titus writes, set them an example by doing what is good. In your teaching, 
show integrity, seriousness, and soundness of speech that cannot be condemned. Take the higher road. So that those who oppose you may be ashamed because they have nothing bad to say about us. Mm. So in this letter that Paul's writing to Titus, he's sharing with this apprentice of his that people of character will set a good example for others to follow, and their godly reputation will then be evident to all. And even more importantly, people of character hold firm to their God-centered convictions, to their biblical worldview. Biblical worldview, that's when you look at the world through the, through the filter of the Bible, you see? And, and that's how you look at the world and, and, and make sense and, and, and approach the world. You know, people of character then are much more concerned with being B.C., than PC. And BC doesn't stand for before Christ, it stands for being biblically correct. So we're much more concerned with being biblically correct than with being politically correct. We hold firm to what is right in God's eyes, not society's. God's eyes come first. Our behavior is controlled by God's desire to hone us ever more into his image, not by a desire for us to mirror the culture around us. One of Jesus' teaching that has like tons and tons of nuggets for us is found in the book of Matthew, the Gospel of Matthew, second half of the Bible. It's called the Sermon on the Mount. Some of you might be familiar with that. It's in chapters 5, 6, and 7 of Matthew. And Jesus offers us some insight into righteous living. And that's the other thing about being someone of Christian character. It's righteous living. It's kind of modeling our lives in a righteous way, and Christ is the right. Christ is the center, and so it's trying to have a God-centered focus, developing our character and our lives, modeling what Jesus said and did. <coughs> so check this out, Matthew chapter 5. Um, you have heard it said that it was said, eye for eye and tooth for tooth. But I tell you, do not resist an evil person. If anyone slaps you on the right cheek, turn to them the other cheek also. And if anyone wants to sue you and take your shirt, hand over your coat as well. If anyone forces you to go one mile, go with them two miles. Give to the one who asks you and do not turn away from the one who wants to borrow from you. You have heard that it was said, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you that you may be children of your Father in heaven. He causes his Son to rise on the evil and the good and sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. And so yeah. in ancient times, when someone hurt someone else, they would not only get even, but also there would be some punitive damage as well. So it's get even plus. In the time of Jesus, under Jewish law, uh, the idea was not to be punitive, but it was still getting even. Eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth. But in just Jesus' fashion, he turns that upside down. He's, he's going against the culture. I'm sure this wasn't popular. When he was saying, wait a second, if someone you know, slaps you on the cheek, turn the other cheek. If someone hurts you, love them. 
Wow, that is so tough. Now, Jesus is certainly not saying be a punching you know, bag for people, but he is saying don't let somebody else's behavior cause you to react the same way. Live righteously. Live of high character. Don't allow somebody else to determine how you act. How easy is that to happen? We fall into that all the time. We've always taught our kids, you know, just because somebody else does that or is allowed to do that doesn't mean that that's how we operate. And so we can't allow ourselves to be kind of conformed. And Jesus lived this out himself. He was the, the greatest model. I mean, as he's hung on the cross, after all that horrific stuff that happened to him on the way to the cross, what does he say? Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. Wow. I mean, I, I, I couldn't do that. <laughs> I mean, I'd like to, but it's important though. Our Christian character needs to be conformed to the teachings of Jesus, to take the high road, to not react, to not respond just because someone's hurt us. But in all things, let our minds automatically go toward God and Jesus Christ, and the power within us, which is the Holy Spirit, which is who is our greater aid. We can win from within. You know, the, um, <laughs> the Bible's full of great examples of character. Amen? <laughs> Amen. I mean, we could pull out dozens. <laughs> but some of the, the greatest examples of character are found in the Old Testament in the book of Daniel. In the year 605 B.C., King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon besieged Jerusalem. He took over. Took power from King Jehoiakim of Judah. And shortly thereafter started deporting the best and the brightest young men, sending them back to Babylon. It's known as the Babylonian exile, also the Babylonian captivity. Now from the book of Daniel, we learn the names and stories of four young men of great character. Daniel... Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. So in chapter 1 of the book of Daniel, we're told that the Babylonian king told the chief of his court official to make special provisions for these that they brought in. Now I was trying to think what would that be like because it just seems kind of weird deporting. So I was thinking about um, when we go to Texas to see Megan and Ted and the girls, Every single house has like the Lone Star on their house. Like they are so proud of their state of Texas. Has anybody been there and noticed that? I mean, yeah, you know, it's like Texas and everybody well, else. Well, they want to be their own country. Yeah, they want to be their own country. Anyway, anyway, so it'd be like taking the best of the brightest out of Texas, bringing them to Delaware, and starting to say, we're the first state, we're the first You're state. You're just trying we're to get Megan, state. Ted, and the kids Yeah, back. I'm trying to come home, come home. Anyway. But it would be like trying to brainwash them. So that's what was happening. The best and the brightest were being deported from their homes. And they were being brainwashed. And they were taught the language, a new language, and, and new literature, a new way to think. And the king really wanted to take care of them. Like he fed them really, really well from the king's table. And they were to be trained in three years. It would take three years to brainwash them. And then they would enter into the king's service. And they were, here's the key right here. They were going to be given a daily amount of food and wine from the king's table. Very 
lush, plush uh, eating and drinking arrangement here. But Daniel, see, was a man of character, and he asked the chief official for permission to not defile himself with this royal food and drink. See, he was on the Daniel plan. To not make himself uh, unclean literally, by eating the Daniel some of the diet. Things. That's where it comes from. And and the official agreed. Then he was a little wary because if these guys end up looking bad, he's gonna he's gonna pay the price. But he agreed to a ten day trial of them having just water and vegetables for Daniel and his colleagues Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. It doesn't tell us that they agreed with Daniel, but somehow he got them to go along. At the end of the ten days, these four guys looked healthier and better nourished than any of the young men who were eating the royal food. You see, they had held to their convictions. And with God's help, things worked out very well. They triumphed. See, character, character triumphed, didn't it? Men of character, a win from within. Later on, King Nebuchadnezzar, he created an image, an idol, made of gold 90 feet high and 9 feet wide. It would be like as big as this whole thing. Plus that, 10. That is tall. I mean, can you even imagine? But I guess it wasn't so far-fetched because back, you know, when Moses was, they worshipped a golden calf, and God really didn't like that either. <laughs> um, so anyway, the king set this huge idol out in the middle of the plain, and the people were to worship it. And those who refused, here's where the fire alarm this went off. This is just about where this the alarm went off. This is where the fire alarm went we off. We said blazing furnace and it went off. Those who refused would be thrown into the blazing furnace. That's pretty powerful. I'm not kidding. That's when the fire alarm went off. It's like we planned it, it's but we like didn't. It's like God is trying to get our attention Hello. on this. Anyway. Anyway. Some local astrologers who didn't care for these Jewish imports came to the king to let him know that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were serving their own God and not worshiping this 90-foot golden image. Furious, the king told these guys, told Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego to worship the idol or they would get fired up. And he asked them, then what God will be able to rescue you from my hand? We love the response of these three young men. This is what they said to the king. King Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need to defend ourselves before you in this matter. If the God we serve is able to deliver us, then he will deliver us from the blazing furnace and from your majesty's hand. But here's the thing. But even if he does not, we want you to know, your majesty, that we will not serve your gods or worship the image of gold you have set up. Mm. Amen. Mm -hmm. So our God can and will deliver us. Can and will from your blazing furnace. And this is when the next fire alarm mm. went off. Mm. But, and this is the part I love. But even if he doesn't, how often do we get upset with God because he doesn't do what we want him to do? God, do this. Don't do that. And, oh, well, if you're not going to do what I want, gosh, it's hard for me to find. These guys are facing the fire furnace and they're assured that he will. But even if he doesn't, they say to this king, even if he doesn't, he's still our God. And we're still going to be loyal to him. 
Talk about character. Talk about not buckling to the culture around you. Talk about staying loyal to who you are and to whose you are. Holding firm to God's call on you. In spite of the possibility of horrible consequences. You know, God never said that he's going to magically wave that wand every little problem in life, did he? But even if he doesn't, we're still going to stay loyal. Greater aid when from within. Well, the king got so upset that he ordered the furnace to be heated seven times hotter than normal. And, I mean, I'm surprised it just didn't destroy itself. It was so hot. And they tied up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and they threw them in. And even the soldier who threw them in got killed because it was so, so hot. And then scripture tells us, as the king watched, he leaped in amazement. That must have been fun to watch. At what he saw. And then we read Daniel 3, 25 through 27. He, the king, said, look, I see four men walking around in the fire, unbound and unharmed. And the fourth one looks like a son of the gods. Nebuchadnezzar then approached the opening of the blazing furnace and shouted, Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, (coughs) servants of the most high God, come out, come here. So Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego came out of the fire. And the satraps, prefects, governors, and royal advisors, that's all the official guys. They crowded around them, and they, they saw the fire had not harmed their bodies, nor was a hair of their head singed. The robes were not scorched, and there was no smell of fire on them. Amen. Wow. Wow. Well, then the king's response, the king praised the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. I guess God really got his attention. And he celebrated that these young men trusted in their God and defied the king's command. And then he said, he decreed that anyone who said anything against God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, this guy was like really horrible. I hate even saying this. So (laughs) they would be cut into pieces and their houses would turn into rubble. Anyway, um, he promoted Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. You know, it never said he took down that statue there, did it? No. Hey, I just want to say, we're, we're talking about Daniel. We've got the lion right here. That's very, very nice prop, by the way. Thank you yeah. very much. Great job on this. Yeah, we don't have time for it. There's another section where Daniel gets thrown into the lion's den and he comes out on skate. You can read that on your own at a future time. You know, we love this story. I've always loved this story. I love the faith, the loyalty, the trust that's shown in this story. No matter what the consequences, these young men were not going to be swayed to go against what they knew was right. To go against who they were and to go against who they worshipped. No matter what the consequences, they were going to be faithful to their God, knowing that he could and that he would save them. But even if he didn't, he's still their God. We call that character. Holding on to firmly on to who we are, to whose we are, with the help of the Holy Spirit, greater aid, when from within. But you know, we're thinking about this and about character. You know, it's not always about fiery furnaces in life, is it? Much more often, it's just the day-to-day little stuff 
that we have an opportunity to show character. Let me give you a real, I almost didn't use it because it almost seems trite, but it's such a day-to-day thing that it really kind of speaks to this. Um, a couple weeks ago, I think it was, we were at annual conference, yeah, and we were at dinner, I think it was, anyway. And we got the bill, and the waiter had not put our beverages on the bill. I have a couple beverages, ignore it, right? No big deal. I can't ignore it. You know, because if I looked on the bill and there was beverages on there that I hadn't ordered, I'd say something. Right? If we got charged for something we didn't order, we'd say something. So if I'm not charged for something I did order, I got to say something. And it's funny, when we do that, how often the waiter or waitress acts like, why did, why did you even bother? Why don't you just stay quiet? Well, just stay quiet. And oftentimes they bless us by just saying, well, that's fine, you know, I'm, you know, I'm just ignoring it or whatever. But that's okay for them to ignore it, but not for us. Because, see, that's where character comes through in those little things. Those things nobody's going to see. And whether it was, you know, a, a $2 drink or what if it was a $10 appetizer or a $7 or something, if it got, you know... No matter how much the dollar, that's not the important thing, is it? It's not the size, but it's the opportunity for us to do the right thing. You know, it's all about character. And the thing is, character isn't so much who we are when we're out in the spotlight. It's who we are when nobody's looking. Like on a bill where they forgot to put our drinks. So the question... We always end. Three words. What about you? What about you? How do you relate to this? As we talk about Christian character. We are in a culture that um, is far different than... It's pluralistic. There are a lot of things that come at us. And it feels like we're straying farther and farther and farther from what the word of... Okay. What is that? Oh, is that a phone? Oh, that's fine. I'm so glad I it wasn't it was a fire v- alarm. You know what? That's an alarm to come to VBX tonight. That Those is. are some of the sounds we're going to be hearing. Well, I there was ready go. that we were ready to follow. That's right. VBX. There you go. Don't forget. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Yeah, we do. Yeah, this is awesome. (laughs) You know what? I just got to say, I really think the devil wants to distract us so much today. We have been trying to give this message about not conforming to the culture. And here's what we're going to do, Connection Church. We're modeling ourselves against Jesus. He is our, he's the model. There's times when I turn on the TV and I'm sitting there watching this show and I'm like, I'm watching things and I'm thinking, what did I just see? What, that seems okay to me, and it's really not. Or, you know, we just, I don't know. I don't know. We need to celebrate diversity, absolutely. We need to honor people. We need to, everybody has sacred worth. But God has a standard for us. And so only you 
know what's going on in your heart and where you might be on one side or the other of that. I'm not talking about any particular thing. I'm just talking general. Culture. Culture. So the coolest thing is that when we're believers in Christ, when we say yes to God, the Holy Spirit comes and resides in us. And so we have a greater aid. We can win from within. And what's really important is to have scripture in your mind ready so that you can just have that there ready as your standard. My, one of my verses that I, I have it on my desk. So when I'm feeling attacked or when somebody is, none of you, like, like in my face about something. <laughs> Ever. And I'm like feeling like I'm, you know, <laughs> up against the wall and getting kind of real defensive. I smile. And I say in my head, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is admirable, whatever is trustworthy, think about such things. And it just goes over and over and over in my head. So if you're in her office and she's smiling and you see her thinking this in your yeah. head, you, you know <laughs> what's I'll going on. Or I'll just go, <laughs> So, but, but we've got to have, we have tools. We have tools, each one of us. The Holy Spirit gives us tools. Because the Spirit is our greater aid, and we can absolutely win from within. That's the good news of the gospel. Let's believe it, and let's live it. Amen? Amen. 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 Let's pray. Almighty God, today has certainly been an interesting day, and you, had, you knew all about this. Thank you so much for bringing us here, for having us... Um, experience you for the scriptures that you give us for the message that you've given us just based on good old Gatorade and we were able to to bring something out of it you are our greater aid help us reach to you so that we can have character that you are pleased with God forgive us for when we mess up and we all mess up every day many times a day but it's in your grace and in your mercy that we're drawn back and we can take one step at a time to be, to be the person that you designed, a purpose and a plan for your glory. We thank you and praise you this day and all days. In the name of the Father and the Son and by the power of the Holy Spirit. And everybody agreed and said, Amen. Amen. Thank you for joining us for our podcast. For more information about Connection Community Church in Middletown, Delaware, please visit our website at justshowup.church. You can also call our church offices at 302-378-7692. Connection Community Church, connecting people with Jesus and the life he offers.